production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 21st of July. South Australia is the latest state to announce a COVID lockdown as the highly contagious Delta variant continues to spread across the country. Authorities announced the new restrictions late yesterday after a number of new cases were linked to an 81-year-old who tested positive earlier this week after being rushed to hospital. Meantime, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has announced more than 6 million residents in his state will spend another week in lockdown. Mr Andrews announcing they have no choice but to extend the stay-at-home orders for at least another seven days. The alternative is months. We don't want that. We've been there, we've done that, we know how hard it is. Sydney's going through that at the moment and we send our best wishes and support to them. I'm determined to avoid that. We are all as Victorians determined to avoid that. There were 13 new cases detected in Victoria yesterday. 12 of them have been linked to the current outbreak, while one is under investigation. Meantime, in New South Wales, COVID has now spread into regional areas with a number of towns in the state's central west now in lockdown. We'll have more from our reporter about the situation in Orange shortly. But there are concerns despite the harsh restrictions across Greater Sydney. There's still a concerning number of infectious cases within the community. New South Wales recorded 78 new COVID cases yesterday. Nearly 30 were positive while not isolating. Epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely has told the project, despite being the first to lock down, Sydney still has some time to go. We think that about five weeks, maybe a tad less, will be the amount of time to get the cases down to five per day. And at five per day, we would hope that the remaining cases were all occurring amongst people in isolation and you're no longer getting those cases occurring amongst people infectious out of the community. And a Queensland man is behind bars after allegedly escaping from his fourth-storey hotel quarantine room by making a rope out of bedsheets. It's understood the man arrived in Perth on a flight from Brisbane but did not have a valid exemption and was put in quarantine while waiting for a flight home. Police say the man was picked up eight hours later, around eight kilometres away from where he first escaped. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to New South Wales where, as we reported earlier, Sydney's COVID outbreak has now spread to the regions, forcing a number of towns in the central west into lockdown. 50,000 people in Orange, Blaney and Cabana facing stay-at-home orders for the next seven days. An infected Sydney delivery driver passed on the virus to a local worker at a pet food factory. Our reporter on the ground, David Dolan, says health officials are desperate to try and stop the virus from spreading further. That's right, Harsh. They haven't wasted any time enforcing this week-long lockdown. It kicked in at midnight and the restrictions are very similar to what Sydney siders are currently facing, although schools remain open along with construction sites. The AMA's Dr Chris Moyes says authorities had little choice. It has to because uh, of the potential risk, particularly in rural areas where health services are somewhat more limited and it becomes a bit scarier if it is an outbreak in those areas. The big concern is the number of venues this infected case visited in Orange last Friday and Saturday, a local shopping centre, office works, Pizza Hut and a petrol station. A major testing blitz is now underway across the Central West. 
And Queensland is set to know by this afternoon if it will host the 2032 Olympic Games, with IOC members set to vote in Tokyo later today. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk travelled to Japan for the final pitch. The Games would inject billions of dollars into the local economy, but with an eye-watering amount of money set to be spent to host the spectacle. Our reporter David Shiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Well, it's not a sure thing, but unofficially the celebrations have begun, with Brisbane the only city on the IOC ballot of fireworks displays been announced for tonight in Brisbane. It's estimated Queensland will reap more than $170 million in free global publicity within the first day of being announced as host. Now, the IOC's 87 members have spent months scrutinising plans of the bid, with a price tag for the games of $5 billion in today's money. That's money the Queensland government hopes to recoup in ticket sales, sponsorship and TV rights. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk copping flack for her travel overseas, but no doubt her successor as Premier will be thrilled she did in 2032. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Interesting to note that economists are increasingly confident that the RBA will have to change its plans to help with the changing landscape with the ongoing situation with COVID. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It is the story that won't go away, of course, and for good reason. COVID is impacting right across the economy, right across society, far more importantly. And it's increasingly likely the RBA is going to have to basically not do what it said it was going to do, which is start to get us back towards interest rate increases. Now, we know they're buying a whole lot of bonds, and let's not get into that, but effectively bond buying helps keeps rates low. As they reduce that, that lifts the pressure on rates and starts that journey upwards. They were supposed to start that in a couple of weeks' time, but it's increasingly likely, according to many economists and, frankly, common sense, that if we're stuck with this delta strain, if we're stuck with more lockdowns and the economy is still in some trouble, they'll have to put that out. And another very interesting story today, uh, Scott, Crown not fit to hold a casino licence in Victoria, according to Council assisting the Royal Commission. It is remarkable what you find when you start turning over some rock stars. We know that in New South <laughs> Wales there was a, an inquiry, of course, and massive conditions put on Crown's licence or its ability to hold a licence in New South Wales. In Victoria, the Royal Commission there has heard that council assisting, so basically the, the prosecutor, if you like, in the in the jargon, um, it basically said, look, Crown doesn't deserve, based on its current position based on evidence, based on history, to hold a casino licence at all. Now, Crown's Melbourne Casino is the jewel in its, excuse the pun, Crown, uh, and also the CEO, Helen Coonan, may have to, or the chair, sorry, may have to walk the plank to basically clean the decks and make sure the regulator believes, or the Royal Commissioner believes, that Crown should continue to hold a licence there. If it was stripped of that licence, effectively, that, that building goes dormant, Crown shareholders will be in for a massive, massive loss. Yeah, huge implications. Uh, mm. Some other interesting news today, Scott. Some forecasters say the Aussie dollar may be heading back to the 1970s. We all want to go back to the 1970s where there was no COVID, <laughs> but you're talking about a different 70s. That's exactly not quite the 1970s, but the 70 cent range. Uh, the dollar has been remarkably strong considering what's going on around the world. But of late, the US economy is growing faster than the Australian economy, even though we were doing okay pre-COVID. Also, two interest rates in the US are increasing at a faster rate than they are here. Those two things are normally considered the key indicators of where exchange rates will move. If that continues to be the case, then downward pressure, to use the Polly's favourite phrase, is likely on the Australian dollar, possibly as low as or under the 70 cent range. Now, the good news is we're not travelling anywhere, so it's not going to hurt our tourism <laughs> dollar. And it may actually be good for exporters, by the way, because lower dollars mean that Australian exports are more competitive. Good news for primary producers, manufacturers, other people sending stuff overseas. And hey, well, we can't travel. We might as well count our blessings. Yeah, we need all the good news we can at the moment. Scott, thanks so much. We do. Thanks, Tash.
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the eye-watering amount of money the AFL is dishing out weekly to keep the game alive has been revealed. It's extraordinary. Yes, good morning, Tash. It is $6 million a week the AFL is forking out uh, at the moment. And obviously the dramas continue. The Power and the Crows are off to Melbourne. That's despite having their initial flight plans cancelled yesterday. They're not allowed to play or train back home in South Australia, so they are heading to the Victorian capital. And it comes after Saints, Ruckman, Rowan Marshall, the latest player to be ruled out of playing. He'll have to serve two weeks in quarantine, backdated to Tuesday after visiting a T1 exposure site. He went to that infamous Wallabies game that a number of players have been caught up in now, and then to a pub with teammate Dara Joyce. Chief Operating Officer Simon Lethleen from the Saints says he doesn't have a problem with the pair having a midweek beer. Rowan had a day off the next day as we as they do every week he went to the game with friends and, and met Dara afterwards to wait 35 minutes for their Uber to arrive so on that basis we haven't got any concerns and the Tigers have revealed their superstar Dustin Martin has a lacerated kidney he'll be in a Gold Coast hospital for another couple of days and no contact training for three months so that's very nasty yeah indeed and Brett the Eels will be without their star playmaker for another week Yes, Mitchell Moses will spend at least two weeks on the sidelines. Parramatta has revealed he suffered a small back fracture uh, debuting for New South Wales in Origin 3. He uh, battled on for more than 70 minutes after a crunching tackle for Maroons forward Felice Kafusi. So certainly a lot of courage shown there from uh, Mitchell Moses. Uh, now, there's a lot of drama going on at the Broncos with Tavita Pangai Jr. and Anthony Milford. Uh, the Panthers might reconsider signing the Bulldogs-bound enforcer to a short-term deal. Yesterday, they said they didn't have the salary cap space but now they've got uh, a few injuries to deal with. Gordon Tallis says it doesn't make sense for the Broncos to keep Pangai around. If you don't want to be in the organisation, if you don't want to pay the price, if you don't want to fit into the culture, you don't play. So it is as simple as that. And the Eels, potentially the Bunnies in a direct swap for Dane Gagai weighing up uh, adding Anthony Milford for the rest of the season. And talking about controversy, gosh, what are the latest with the games? The Olympics get underway today. Who's the first Aussie team in action even before the opening ceremony? Yeah, we've got our softballers in action this morning against the host station, Japan. Now, normally this would fill the 30,000-seat stadium, but obviously it will be empty. So it'll be interesting to see how this is received in Japan because the softball team ranked number two in the world, uh, the Japanese team, that is. The Aussie spirit have meddled at every games that they've participated in. We haven't seen this sport since Beijing in 2008. So that is underway this morning. We've also got our Aussie one-day cricket side uh, playing this morning against the West Indies. They lost the T20 series 4 one. They've named three debutants. Wes Agar, Ben McDermott and Josh Philippi will get their first crack in the one-day arena. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. And billionaire Jeff Bezos has blasted into space overnight, landing safely on Earth in the early hours of this morning. The richest man on Earth took a 3,700-kilometre round trip, the first commercial flight for his company, Blue Origin. Bezos says the trip was humbling. You look at this thing and you see how small you are. You see that the world is big. You see the atmosphere is small. You see that there are no boundaries, no lines, no national state. You know, this world is full of uh, not enough unifiers and too many vilifiers. And when you get up there, you see that, that we are one world. This is one planet. We should have a lot of unifiers. 
The flight has set a record for the oldest person to ever travel into space. Female aviation pioneer Wally Funk became the oldest person to ever reach space at 82 years young. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Velling. Thanks so much for your company. Stay safe, have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.